0: Welcome to Market Scale Building Management. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Today I have an opportunity to have a conversation with the founder and owner of Walton Professionals, Michael Walton. Michael, how are you today?
1: I am doing great, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. What is it about what your company does that drives you?
1: I've been in facilities management for a very long time. And then parts of facilities management is includes emergency preparation planning for the unknown, and business continuity. Um, And so uh, through the years, I've developed a a rather unique skill set. And I've been able to help my employers um, with planning for emergencies. I've managed emergency response teams, uh, business continuity efforts, um, disaster preparedness, and then... Um, emergency response programs or emergency management, um, you know, during during events. So it's given me a kind of a unique skill set to help, hopefully help other employers or other people who may be looking for some assistance with how do I develop a program? How do I, where do I start? So that's what drives me. Just everything I, I enjoy doing all rolled up into one.
0: My grandfather always liked to say that the best way to handle a problem is to prevent it when possible. That logical approach is easy to talk about here on the podcast, but that can be really difficult for clients who are in the midst of an emergency. How do you approach setting a client's mind at ease when the undesirable has happened?
1: Good question. Um, It it really, it takes a tremendous amount of work on everybody's part. Uh, One of the great things about facilities management and emergency management is I get to work with all the departments of an organization to understand kind of what the roles and responsibilities are. And then you have to look at the workings and the interrelationships between departments, between work groups to understand if, if computers go down. Um, in this area, what, hap- what other groups are affected by it? Or if a disaster takes this building out, what else is impacted? So the only real way to accomplish that is to evaluate, test, see what happens, try systems, um, develop redundancies into what you work so that one computer network um, doesn't handle all your business. So one place I worked, I carried a cell phone, two cell phones, one on each of two different networks, two computers, two MiFi's on different networks. So that way, if anything went down on one network, I could always fall back to the other network. So it's just a lot of work, a lot of investigation, um, a lot of understanding this is what you know. my business is. And if this happens, um, here's what's going to happen to my business and how can I figure out surviving that? Take, take a flu epidemic. You know, if you have 300 employees in a flu epidemic and you lose 150, how will 150 manage your business? So hope that answered your question.
0: Oh, absolutely. When you're divvying up the responsibilities for emergency response, you probably have to take into account, not stereotypes, but tendencies. Do you find yourself assigning tasks to certain departments repeatedly, or is it really just uh, on a case-by-case basis?
1: Well, the way it, it best works, I've been in the fire department and rescue squad for almost 30 years. And so the systems that are used there are used nationwide. And so um, using a National Incident Management System, you end up more with an organizational structure than you do assigning specific people. And then that organizational structure have to has to have redundancies built into it as well. So, uh, for instance, one of the divisions is a planning division. So that division is going to take, um, you know, during a crisis, and they will have in their midst, uh, or in their group, IT professionals, um, electricians, plumbers, maintenance personnel. They'll have. They may have um, transportation people in their group, so that when that happens, they can start planning. You know, here's what we need to do to recover, uh, and then it, then once they develop a plan, it goes to another segment who actually then implements a plan and puts it in operation. And they too have groups of, uh, different work teams so that, you know, if planning says we have to rewire, um, these circuits to get it back up, then the operations team actually does the physical work. Um, and so it comes up a, a very rigid structure that takes, uh, some development. It takes learning who is going to be the best uh, at, at controlling or managing certain roles um, for each of the ones. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool structure once you get it in place. Getting it in place is, again, a bit of work.
0: Now, one of the things you have to do with that structure is you have to adapt it to changing conditions. Weather, for example, as, as weather and patterns change, you have to change the way you approach preparing for the unknown.
1: Yes, weather is, is such a, a big factor that you, know, you, really, you can't really rely on anything consistent-wise. Um, and so it's, it's almost taking worst-case scenario and developing your plans around worst-case scenario The management structure is very flexible. It's as big or as small as you need it. You you start out with the people that you need to have, and then it can grow if the event grows. So it doesn't, you don't automatically have to assemble a huge group, put it together because maybe you could do it with just, you know, five or six people versus 40 people. So it's very flexible. Uh, which allows for that, you know, you, you speak about the weather, you know, another factor is with the weather. What if your folks can't get together? Um, So, you know, part of it, uh, one scenario I worked on, involved a tornado taking out one of our buildings. And then, so everybody had to work remote. So, you know, that's another part of the planning. If you can't get here, uh, how are we going to work? And so it's, it's even learning to manage when you can't see um, and, tra- you know, trying to track that and figure out how to make all that work where so we can maintain open communications.
0: I always thought that the word emergency was very relative. At Walton Professionals, you guys look at every emergency as an emergency. They're all equally important. You just have to approach solving them and preparing for them in different ways.
1: Yes, that's correct. And you know, the more work you put in up front, the easier it is on the back end. You know, so for a company who has not prepared at all, if something happens, then for them on the back end, it's a whole lot more work. For a company who's put in the, the work on the front end, it gives them a way to to already have plans in place, backup systems in place, so then things come together much easier for them. Um, so yeah, so it, it's, it can be, you know, and some companies do consider an emergency, um, maybe not an emergency on most accounts. Um, as you said, it's very relative, um, as to, as to what they can consider emergency.
0: So you mentioned the energy and and the training that has to go along with preparing for an emergency. One of the Benefits that companies have in hiring new individuals is the skill sets that they bring with them. Um, you know, the schooling they've gone to, maybe they went to a trade school, but it, it feels as if the skill sets that are being brought to companies in the hiring process, those skills aren't as well developed as they were, say, 10 or 15 years ago. What do you attribute that to? Where is that? Where is the, the shortfall coming?
1: Uh, you mentioned trade schools and, and I do think that, you know, one of the issues that we, we have today is, is lack of, of trades you know, they their battles all the time, uh, facilities management and facilities managers are, um, a breed that's, that's suffering like every other agency, you know, it's. What I do is not necessarily a glorious field to be in. I absolutely love what I do, but for a lot of people, they'd rather sit behind a desk and work on a computer uh, versus spending time putting, learning the skills and development. I think that from a facilities management standpoint, as well as a uh, emergency planning or emergency preparations. You know, people don't necessarily fully understand that um, the the role of a facilities manager really is an important role in an agency. I mean, what a facilities manager does affects the entire company. I mean, as a facilities manager, I get to work with every department. I think coming in, it's it's a growing, it's it's a new trend that's coming up that people will be putting more focus on the trades, because I've seen more advertisements, more publicity later for trying to get people back into the trades. Um, And then I think with what's happened with the emergencies and all the floods and tornadoes and stuff we've had, hurricanes we've had in the last couple of years, uh, it's putting more focus on for companies how to survive.
0: We've talked about weather as an emergency there are quite a few other types of emergencies that take place sadly on a weekly almost daily basis and one of those is obviously violence whether it's in schools or workplaces or public places that is somewhat of a of a new realm
1: you're correct with the um violent, active shooter active violence stuff that goes on i actually developed an active shooter program for a previous company that was um, ended up getting it approved by three different police departments and, and a couple of different insurance companies. And it was um, turned to be a, a pretty neat program that some others have adopted um, to put in play for themselves. Um, and, and it just takes, you know, understanding what the risks are. You know, you kind of got to stay on not necessarily just what's happening in facilities management, but what's happening in the world and, you know, what can impact. And, and I will tell you, some of the things I talk to people about that this is a potential impact for you. They think I'm a little off the deep end because they don't see it as a risk, but then they don't understand how close those risks are to home. I mean, I live in Charlottesville, Virginia, and if if you see any of the news, you know what happened here a year ago. And there's not a person in this area that would have ever expected that. Or the ramifications that happened here with the uh, business losses for people afraid to come to this area, uh, which dramatically impacted tourism. And, you know, it's something that that people here said, oh, that can never happen, but it, it did. And even this year with the uh, one-year anniversary, it was a tremendous impact on our community uh, with the preparations um, that were made. So it can happen. It can Violence can happen anywhere, anytime. Um, I, I worked at a company where I had a store in a mall where there was an active shooter event. And luckily, the active shooter program that we had worked on paid dividends because they they went into quick gear and closed their gate, locked the store, even took some customers back into the back and secured them away. So they were protected from being in harm's way. But it really does take a lot because, I mean, you've got the active violence stuff, which as you've seen, comes from everywhere these days, and you've got the weather. Um, There are so many other types of events, Depends on where you are, the terrorism events that occur, um, and and the cyber attacks that people have to deal with these days that we didn't used to deal with. So you're right. They do come from all kinds of directions.
0: Well, today I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with the founder and owner of Walton Professionals, Michael Walton. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really have enjoyed it, and I appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you so much, is I've really enjoyed the conversation also.